for listening to our podcast, recorded live at Gateway Church Ashford. You can find out more about us on our website, gatewaychurchashford.co.uk. Graham has just uh, suggested to start with, we just look at, I suggest, two books. Now, these are two books that uh, the eldership is suggesting for this series to support developing the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So there's one here by Sam Storms, A Beginner's Guide to Spiritual Gifts, and another one here, and uh, uh, this is definitely an, an older one, I'll be mentioning this couple slightly later, uh, by Dennis and Rita Bennett, The Holy Spirit and You. So can I, uh, for those that, that, that like to, to read alongside what's going on, I want to heartily recommend those two to you. Um, well, this morning uh, I'm going to be looking at the topic of speaking in tongues and interpretation. So uh, I know, I tell you, I looked, I looked at all sorts of pictures. That was one of the most attractive tongues I saw. All sorts of nasty ones that I could put up. Um, and uh, I've, I've looked at this in lots of different ways. And so I want to talk about it from all sorts of different perspectives. But I thought I'd be controversial to start with. Are you, are you, are you up for that? Be slightly con- controversial, get you thinking this morning. Um, I wonder what your opinion is of Christianity. What, what, what's the reason, what's the aim of Christianity? What is, what is the aim of coming to church this morning? Why did you come here this morning? Was it maybe that you wanted to come together with a group of like-minded people? Maybe you wanted to meet friends and just chat and, and talk about life together. Maybe it's, it's part of, you know, Christianity is about creating a self-help group about getting together so that we can kind of help each other along the road, because life is tough sometimes. Um, Or maybe it's a place that we can talk about ourselves, and we can just be listened to, because people don't often listen to us in the world, do they? Often have a lot to say, and people don't listen to us. Now, that is a way of looking at church. There's nothing wrong with any of those, but I want to, if you like, clash with that this morning. I want to um, reject those ideas. I want to say that that Christianity is about an encounter with the living God. It's about meeting Jesus. This morning, it's not really about coming together with friends and stuff. It's about meeting the one and only God. And let's just think about that for a moment. We're coming to meet a God together who put the stars into space who created this world, not by putting on a hard hat and having plans and constructing and things like that, but miraculously created this world and the universe. That's the basis of our Christian faith, isn't it? Yeah? Yeah? Therefore, we believe in the miraculous. Yes? When we become a Christian, for those that have made that step of faith, we say yes to Jesus and suddenly we're transformed from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Suddenly, something that we don't do, we are saved. We get eternal life. We can't do that and it's miraculous, isn't it? It is unbelievable. It's mind-blowing. Yet somehow, sometimes in our daily walk, we leave the miraculous behind, don't we? We're happy with not talking about it too much. 
we kind of put it aside. We would like a, a safer, more logical idea about Christianity. And uh, when talking in tongues, I've really, and, and interpretation this morning, I've really got to uh, move on and uh, away from that. Mahesh Chavda, who's uh, an interesting character, he said this, the trouble is we've spiritualised and religionized. I don't know if that's a word, spiritualised and religionized to such a point of controversy that it's easy to lose sight of its true nature and purpose. That's what he says about tongues. It's easy to lose sight of it because we've talked about it so much and, and worried about it. I don't know when you first heard about the gift of tongues, what your opinion about it was. I remember myself when I was about 16, there was a wacky thing that happened at the youth group that I occasionally attended and I knew it was wrong because it felt uncomfortable. I knew it was wrong. It had to be because, of course, Christianity couldn't be miraculous, supernatural, could it? I think um, one of the things I want to do today is to look at speaking in tongues from different perspectives. So... um, Let me look at another slightly controversial perspective on this. Should we keep the miraculous away from public, particularly seeker-sensitive meetings? So when we have a meeting on a Sunday, should we actually say, well, look, if somebody comes in and they don't know about Christianity, wouldn't it be easier if the miraculous things were just left aside? Yeah? So we'd make them feel comfortable as they come in and they become part of us. Isn't that what we should do? And there are a number of churches um, of whom I think we would would, uh, have great relationship with and and agree with a number of things who have gone down that route recently. That say in the public meetings, actually, we want to have great singing, we want to have great preaching, but actually maybe leave the miraculous because that makes people feel uncomfortable. Now, I don't know about you, But I believe in the miraculous. I believe that as we read the Bible, we see the miraculous things. As as Paul talks about the church, he talks about it with miraculous things happening, with tongues and prophecy and healing. And actually, that's what we aspire to, isn't it? To be, if you like, that restored church, to be part of the church that Paul was talking about. Okay, we have good days and bad days, but we want to follow the biblical pattern rather than become sanitised. Cleaning toilets, thank you. I want to just look at it a third way. I want you to imagine that uh, you're going into work on Monday morning, and maybe if you don't, if if you're not going to a place of work where most people aren't Christians, maybe it's going into a a family gathering gathering where they're um, all not Christians or atheists, maybe it's uh, the school gate, and somebody says to you, what did you do on Sunday? And you kind of go on one foot and go on the other, say, what do I say, what do I say? And you said, oh, on Sunday I was um, speaking in tongues. What would your reaction be? I thought you were a sensible person. I trusted you professionally, and now I know you've lost it a bit. Now I know you can't really be trusted. Now I know I've got to be a little bit cautious around you, because I know that you're a bit of a nutter. I know that because because of that whole idea about tongues. And as we look at it today, we come at it from all sorts of different angles, from different perspectives, from different backgrounds, often 
from different church backgrounds, and I'm very aware of that as I talk it through today. Shall we pray? Lord Jesus, will you come and inspire us and encourage us today? Lord, will you help us to understand this uh, amazing gift by your Spirit? And we pray that you would touch us and bless us. Lord, help us as individuals and as a group move forward in you, Lord Jesus. Help me, Lord, as I, I explain bits. Lord, help it to, to come across, Lord Jesus. And help those, Lord, who find this subject hard, who are cautious about it, slightly sceptical. Lord, help them to move forward in you. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you've uh, got your Bibles, if you'd like to turn to Acts chapter 2, and uh, we're going to look at verse 1 to verse 9. I'm reading from the ESV and it'll uh, come up on the screen as well so we can just pick out one or two bits from it. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a a mighty rushing wind and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were filled, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at this sound the multitude came together. They were bewildered because each one of them was hearing this speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in his own native language? Parthians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia and Judea and Cappadocia and Pontus and Asia and Phrygia? Phrygia! Cold country, yes. <laughs> and Phrygia, and Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya that belonged to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians. We hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others, mocking, said they are filled with new wine. Before I get into the kind of main part of what I wanted to say, um, I'm going to look at what is speaking in tongues, I'm going to look at what are the types of speaking in tongues, what are the benefits, and also how can I speak in tongues. But before I do that, I just want to have a look at one or two words that come out of that passage. First of all, if you look in verse 4, and it was the the word that I missed out when I first read it, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues, all of them. So the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues is available to all, because it puts the word all in there. Verse 11 says, 
we hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. So what was happening here was not a preach, it was talking to God, it was being amazed at God. It was talking about the mighty works of God. And then the other thing to point out is some of the words. They are surprised words that come up and confused words. And I think there are those feelings sometimes we have about tongues. In verse 6, the word bewildered. In verse 7, amazed and astonished. Verse 12, amazed and perplexed. And again in verse 12, mocking. Do you know, when we talk about speaking in tongues, I'm aware that some people feel slightly perplexed about it. And I can really understand that because I spent a year when I was 19, 20, very amazed and perplexed by it. I didn't understand it. And actually, that amazed and perplexed, that that slightly sceptical view, very, very quickly went on to mocking. I very, very quickly worked out particular words I could say about people who spoke in tongues, particular phrases I could use that people often sound like when they speak in tongues. It's very quick, isn't it, to go from that slightly perplexed, slightly sceptical to being slightly mocking. And I just want to encourage those of you who have maybe battled with this for a while, or maybe those who are, who are you know, come, come from the place where this isn't your understanding, just to, to come with the scripture today, to come with this today, to allow God to speak to you as I go through it. Okay, so let's start off. What is speaking in tongues? Well, we can see in Acts 2, it's to do with the Holy Spirit. So it's speaking by the Holy Spirit. And we can also see in Acts 2, it's speaking an unlearned language. In Acts 2, many of those languages were understood by the people who were there, who'd come from different places. So I'm going to define that as speaking by the Holy Spirit in an unlearned language. Now, 1 Corinthians 13 verse 1 describes it as speaking in the tongues of men and of angels. So there's an element here where people will be speaking in an unlearned language say Mandarin, that they've never learnt by the Holy Spirit. And there's also an element that there are other ones where actually there's nobody there that recognises that language. Maybe that it isn't a worldly language. I think, is it 1,500 different languages in the world? It's not a worldly language. So if you like, it's a spiritual language. The other thing um, that I think is important to say about speaking in tongues comes from 1 Corinthians 14, 14, which says this, for if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. So think of the process of language for a minute. When you speak, your mind says, I'm going to say Roy, and then it comes out of my mouth, isn't it? There's a connection between my mind and the words that come out. And the more that I learn to speak, the more that that kind of link becomes normal and and a process that's easily worked. Well, when speaking in tongues, it's almost like there's a slight dislink between those two. And the mind doesn't necessarily understand, but it's the spirit that works through that. 
So there's a slightly different process. And if you like, that's where some people find it hard because there's a slight lack of control. You're not, if you like, um, controlling everything that's happening. It's not that your mouth is suddenly taken over. But there's this, this change that happens between your mind controlling the words and the Spirit of God working those through. You, the Spirit enables you to speak. You still have to open your mouth. You still have to accept it. You say, yes, this is what I want to do. But there's an enabling that comes through the spirit. Okay? It's not a trance. You've probably all seen at some stage, maybe it's a Hollywood version of somebody absolutely suddenly speaking in tongues. It's got to be really emotional. Hallelujah! It's got to be there. But actually, when we heard a tongue today, it was somebody speaking, wasn't it? In a normal voice. It was Pete speaking a tongue. And so actually that emotion, if you're an emotional person, brilliant, then speak emotionally. But if if you're not feeling emotional, then you can be quiet with it. Let me uh, give some examples of uh, people speaking in tongues that I think will uh, encourage you, inspire you, and maybe challenge you as well. These are uh, three people. Um, only two of which I've actually got the right photos for. I'll let you guess which one I haven't. Um, so this is uh, from Nowhere Warm Paths by Terry Virgo, and this is how he started to speak in tongues. So he was at a meeting. Somebody had prayed for him to be filled with the Spirit, and uh, he then says, I argued at length with them because he didn't beat it. He started arguing with them, saying, it's not working. What's happening? You prayed for me. I'm not speaking in tongues. I don't feel this is happening. But their love and patience was exemplary, so these people were patient with him. They brought me back to the promises of the Bible, and they reminded me of my heavenly Father's faithfulness and encouraged me to draw near to God once again. So it was a process in terms of Terry speaking in tongues for the first time. I prayed once again, And they encouraged me to speak in tongues. So we started by praying. Fearfully, I started, but quickly stopped. Those funny words coming out of my mouth. Claiming that I did not want to make up some silly, meaningless language. Again, patiently, they patiently prevailed upon me to stick at it. And again, to begin to pray. And I did so, and carried on this new language for a little while, but it was through hundreds of voices in my head that were accusing me, saying, you're making it up. It's not supernatural. This is mere nonsense. Quietly, my friend commented, if you're making it up, you're being very clever about it. Because there's something different, isn't there, than making up lots of vowels to somebody speaking in a language. We laughed and I relaxed and carried on. Suddenly a rush of power went right through my being from head to toe. I found myself not only speaking freely in tongues, but also calling out to God in the most loving and intimate terms that I could imagine. God was right here in my heart. His love was overflowing me. I truly loved him like never before. Abba Father suddenly took on new meaning. So there was then a a, a real sense of the power of Holy Spirit, really started in this case by the speaking in tongues. A few minutes earlier, I had been arguing against tongue-speaking endeavours, and now I never wanted to stop. It's that impact, isn't it, that the tongues had on T. 
Terry. Now, in uh, researching this, I've, I've read some uh, fantastic stories, and the next one comes from uh, Dennis Bennett, 9 o'clock in the morning, uh, who wrote the book I was mentioning earlier. But the de- 9 o'clock in the morning is really his testimony of the 1960s of how he, he broke through with his church in terms of uh, speaking in tongues. He's a, he's a very nice Episcopalian minister, very precise. Um, but this is one of the stories from somebody in his congregation. They'd been filled with the Spirit, uh, this couple, and speaking in tongues, and they had a son. He was six-year-old Chris. Now, I think you probably will recognise him. All teachers here will know Chris. He was the terror of the first grade. He was uncontrollable in class. So the parents, without any prompting from anybody, decided to pray for him to be baptised in the Spirit and speaking in tongues. I don't know if you've ever seen a young person speaking in tongues, but it can sometimes be quite amusing. And uh, what happened was they prayed for this six-year-old and he immediately, Chris, immediately started speaking in tongues for about 30 seconds and then he stood stood up and went off to play. And it was just kind of normal. You know, that's what young kids do, isn't it? They start doing something and they think, oh, I'll do this instead. And it was just normal. A week later, the teacher phoned the parents and they were... Oh, no, not one of those conversations. What's he done? And the teacher said, Chris has been a star pupil this week. It has been amazing. What have you done to him? It has been amazing. He's been peaceful. He's been the best student in the class. And they said, well, do you really want to know? Yes, please, we really want to know. So they talked through, well, we got baptised in the Spirit and spoke in tongues. So we prayed for our son, he got baptised in the Spirit and spoke speaking in tongues. And this seems to be the effect. And she said, that is amazing. Where do you live? I want to come over because I want to do the same. <laughs> A huge effect. You know, speaking in tongues is for all people, young and old. From all backgrounds, around the world, in every community. I would say probably Terry Virgo's experience is maybe the more normal experience that we have, but there are elements of the second one. Okay, I've got a couple more. Would you like these? Okay, this one here comes from a a book that I thoroughly recommend. It's by John Sherrill. Uh, It's been updated now. They speak with other tongues. For those who are working through these things and need to process it, it's a fantastic book. He spent a lot of time researching this. And uh, I've got one example, and maybe I'll give you another one if you really want a, a slightly controversial one. But uh, let, let's start with the first one. A uh, man called Howard Bredson, you'll see him up there. He was um, a Lutheran minister, very serious man of God, um, very much um, didn't believe that the gifts of the Spirit were for today. And he began to hunger for God. He, he, he knew he knew God, but he wanted more. He was passionately looking for more of God. So he decided to go up into the Allenby Mountains in the States, up into a um, um, a hut up there, and he was just going to pray for more and more of God. So he did that. He prayed and prayed and prayed. And after about a week, so he was determined, wasn't he? He was determined to seek God. So after about a week, um, he got up one morning and was suddenly speaking in tongues. 
just speaking and speaking. I could hardly stop. Suddenly felt that excitement that went with it. And he got a real sense of what God, God was doing and, and felt very excited. He said, well, I've got to go and tell somebody. So he walked down the mountain. He thought, I'm going to tell the first person I see. And he met uh, a, an old man sitting down on a bench. So he started talking to him. And the, the old man looked at him slightly perspect, per, perplexed and talked back to him in a strange language. So he talked back again. And the the old man said, look, this is very, very strange because you're speaking to me in perfect Polish, but you don't understand when I speak Polish back to you. So he had been filled with the Spirit, speaking in tongues, and the tongues he was using was Polish. And it was, for him, very clear, detailed Polish. How amazing is that? Sometimes it's the tongues of men. Okay, would you like a really challenging one? This will get you thinking. I've had to think about this one a while. If you're finding it a little bit, you might want to just put your hands in your ears for this one. This is one that I haven't put up there, and I just I read this morning, I thought, I've got to read this one. Okay, so, one day, a young man from New Jersey, Clifford Thompson, had attended a Pentecostal camp meeting in Michigan. In the course of the meeting, Clifford received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and began speaking in tongues. A lady standing nearby grew excited. Clifford was speaking German, a fluent, beautiful high German. But this alone was not what excited the lady. It was the fact that she knew he could not be speaking the language by any natural means. He could not even speak his own language, English. Clifford was a deaf mute who had not heard a sound since the disease had destroyed his hearing at the age of two months. He could not hear, he could not speak his own language. By the Holy Spirit, he could speak fluent high German. That blows my mind. But actually it shouldn't, should it? Because going back to what I said at the beginning about the God that created the heavens and earth, now that blows my mind. The fact that God can somehow work through our brain and our mind and our spirit to enable us to speak another language for a a period of time, actually that shouldn't blow my mind as much, should it? Because we love a miraculous God. Okay, so I hope those uh, inspire you and uh, have, have got you thinking. I think we all have stories, don't we, about those that have happened to us, but I thought they were good range. Notice, sometimes... Not necessarily a language understood, and sometimes clearly a national language from this world. Okay, so what are the types of speaking in tongues? Now, that word types, I find and feel a little bit uncomfortable, because my feeling is, uh, looking at the 1 Corinthians 12, there is a gift of tongues that you're asking for. So we are talking about one gift of tongues, and then there is a gift of interpretation. There should be a nice, yep, that can stay up. The gift of tongues, um, but there's one gift of tongues. So there's a gift of tongues. When you get the gift of tongues, you pray. So you can personally pray in tongues. You can um, communicate with God in tongues. And that's a personal one. But there are times, like there were this morning, when actually you feel that your tongue perhaps should be something that you should say publicly. Like you might pray for somebody personally and you might pray 
publicly. It's that kind of same thing. The trouble is with tongues, if I come and I speak in a tongue now, it means nothing to anybody. I might be quite excited about it, but actually nobody is particularly interested. And particularly if you're looking at 1 Corinthians 14, which is a passage that talks about how you process it in a meeting, it's very, very clear in saying, well, if somebody speaks in a tongue in a meeting, you have to interpret it. Somebody has to come up and say it. Otherwise, you're just causing confusion and maybe boredom. You can imagine, Pete speaks in a tongue, then, I don't know, Alessi speaks in a tongue, then Steve speaks in a tongue, and we have 20 minutes of people speaking in tongues. By the end of it, you're thinking, what's going on? I've lost the thread. I'm not, you know, I might have got slightly excited in the first one. I'm not really there. But actually, that interpretation is there so that it speaks to us as a body. And also, when people come in, they have a sense of what God's doing. It's not quite so ridiculous and strange. There is a process to it. So that's my understanding of those. I think the public gift is particularly important. It's something that often starts things off um, in terms of a meeting or you get just a sense of God when it comes. And the really best thing now... I'm stepping out in faith a little bit, would be if somebody would be happy to give out a tongue now so that we can have a listen. Because you can talk... I know we heard Pete's earlier, but is there anybody here that, that God is prompting to... Uh... Oh! Oh! Somebody's got to. No, no, nobody has to, but it would be lovely. Help me feel more comfortable if you would. Go on then. Okay. Now, I hope you don't mind me just talking about it a little bit. We'll go for the interpretation in a minute. But just think about it a little bit. What did you hear? You heard a sequence of words, phrasing, going up and down, tones. You heard linguistic markers. It wasn't just somebody repeating a set of letters and numbers. There was a sense, wasn't it, of a language. And certainly people who've researched it have seen that. The research tongues, they sent, they see the markers of a language. And if anybody else, anybody else noticed about it that they want to say, or oh, now you're going to get completely quiet unless I pick on people. That's right. There's a sense of repetition, isn't there? And actually we do that when we pray. Father, help us. Father, we need you. Don't we? So there's, there's, there's a sense of, 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 you know, if we hear repetition, that shouldn't worry us, should it? Because we do that often when we speak and when we pray. Anything else? Okay. Lord Jesus, I'd love an interpretation now. Uh, is, there, is, is there anybody here that feels they had uh, have a, an interpretation for that? Sue? Oh, so you put your hand up. So uh, is, there, is there anybody else apart from Sue? Okay, that got people quiet, didn't it? Okay, Sue. I just felt that Fran was bringing the words from Luke 1 where Mary said, My soul magnifies you, Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour. Would that relate to what you're feeling well enough in prayer? <laughs> <laughs> now, it's... 
interesting, isn't it, that first thing Sue did was to say, is that what you were feeling? So there was a sense there that perhaps Fran had a sense in her spirit of what she was saying. Maybe didn't have the full words, but there was a kind of link between. You know, and, and Sam, Fran then said, brilliant. So there's, there's a sense of that. It was also praise to God, wasn't it? It was praise towards God. It wasn't a, a kind of prophecy by a back door, but it was praise to God. Um, and the other thing that I noticed, and probably you've noticed it, is it's not always the same length, is it? Because it's an interpretation, not a translation. So it's not going through exactly every word. It's a, the sense from God, the interpreting of it. So actually, you could have a tongue that goes on for three minutes an interpretation that is five or six words. That's fine, because it's the interpretation of what God's saying. Ooh, thank you, people. Ooh, thank you, Lord. Um, 1 Corinthians 14.9 says this, So with yourselves, if with your tongue you utter speech that is not intelligible, in other words, giving out a tongue, how will anyone know what is said? For you will be speaking into the air. The idea that publicly we need that interpretation to take things through. The other part of it is singing in tongues, isn't it? We have some, some times when we sing, sometimes we use words, sometimes we have the singing in tongues as well. And uh, I think people have all sorts of different ideas. Generally with that, we don't have an interpretation. But you can sense the beauty. You sometimes hear people speaking with words as well. So we're happy. But it doesn't mean, really, that there couldn't be an interpretation. Interesting, in terms of the uh, interpretation, Wayne Grudem, and uh, the great theologian Wayne Grudem says this, tongues is generally communication, a communication form from human beings to God. Praise, prayer towards God. Okay, so that's speaking in tongues. I've given a few examples and looking at the types or the, the, the general thing around speaking in tongues. What are the benefits to speaking in tongues? Why should we do it? Why, why do we do it? The first one, I'd say, is it's evidence that we've been filled with the Spirit. It's not the only evidence, but it's really nice to have an evidence. I know I've been filled with the Spirit because. Uh, Acts 10, verse 44, Peter was in Caesarea. And uh, 44 to 46, uh, it says this. While Peter was, st- was still saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell on all who heard. Notice that word, all, again. Holy Spirit fell on all who heard. And the believers from among the circumcised who'd come with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out, poured out even on the Gentiles. How did they know that? For they were hearing them speaking in tongues and extolling God. Praising God and speaking in tongues. That was the evidence. It was nice to know. And certainly for me, when I was first filled with the Spirit, being speaking in tongues was that evidence that I knew God had filled me. Now, for, for some people, it's all sorts. Sometimes they know because suddenly they're so much so joyful. They're so peaceful. It's a completely transformational experience. But it is nice to have that confirmation. Okay. What are the other benefits then of speaking in tongues or praying in tongues? There are times when it is very difficult to pray. 
want you to imagine for a moment somebody comes up to you and you said, how are you? And I said, well, I'm not doing very well because my father's dying of cancer. And you think, how do I pray? What do I do? How do I understand it? Or they'll talk about something that's happened in their family, family breakdown and the acrimony. And you say, how do I pray? What do I, what do, I do with this? And the Holy Spirit enables us by speaking in tongues, to pray in those situations, to continuously pray for that, even though we may not know the details. We can pray into the situation. Some people will use it when they see a sunset. They will pray in tongues. That will just be amazing, and they will be, their mind will just be thinking about the wonders of God, and they will then be praying in tongues because it goes beyond what their words can say. A number of people will say that when they speak in tongues, they feel peaceful. They just get a sense of peace in their hearts, just get a sense of knowing him. It's, a, it's, it's just a, a greater sense of God by the Holy Spirit. Now, 1 Corinthians 14.4, and if you're going to take one verse away, stick it on your fridge, I want you to take this one away, says this, the one who speaks in a tongue builds himself up. And to me, that sense of peace that sense of well-being, that sense of confidence, that sense of loving God comes from that. That's building up, edifying, isn't it? That's what happens when we speak in tongues. But interestingly, um, particularly for those who, who like academic research, I've picked out two bits of academic research that talk about the health benefits of speaking in tongues. Interested? Yeah. Okay. So there's uh, two that are up here. There's a bit more detail. The first one talks about stress. And the stress benefits, it's got the word glossolalia there, which is the the formal academic word for speaking in tongues. Um, And uh, he's done uh, some research, uh, Christopher Darnalin in in the States, among apostolic Pentecostals. And he's noticed the uh, effect on stress. It reduces the biological response to normal or daily stresses, it builds us up, doesn't it? Holy Spirit builds us up. And the other one there, and this uh, man here is a Christian psychiatrist, Carl R. Peterson, is talking about boosting our immune system. And this is fascinating, isn't it? If you look here, it's talking about the immune systems given a 35 to 40% boost in ways that nothing else does when we speak in tongues. That's amazing, isn't it? That's amazing. You know, you know um, doing a health and fitness course, number one thing is make sure you speak in tongues first. <laughs> then you can do, you know, go for a run, eat properly, everything else. First thing, people, speak in tongues. And I'm sure there are other benefits. Health benefits, pain benefits. I'm sure that's just two bits of research that have been done. It's amazing, isn't it? That what God did 2,000 years ago at Pentecost, when those people spoke in tongues, actually will affect our day, our culture, where stress is such an issue, isn't it? Where our immune systems are often not working as they should do. But God put the answer then, because he builds us up when we pray in the Holy Spirit. 
when we speak in tongues. There are many more, but uh, I get a feeling that time is moving on. So I'm just going to answer the question, how can I speak in tongues for the first time? Or for some of you, I haven't done it for a while, how do I get back into it? How do I speak in tongues for the first time? And I'm just going to give you four simple steps. Number one, ask. Bible says, ask and it will be given. Ask to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Come, Lord, come and fill me with your spirit. Number two, ask to speak in tongues. Just ask to speak in tongues. Lord, will you help me to speak in tongues? Okay, so those are the two easy bits. Then, start praying. Start praying. And when you, when you pray, there'll be a little bit of a jar in your voice. And that's when faith comes in. You've got to then keep going because your voice sometimes just jars or stops a little bit and then tongues begins to flow. And that's the stage where you need to have faith and keep going. Your doubts will come in. What am I talking about? I'm sure I've heard that word before. Just keep going. Keep pushing in at that time. And keep going with speaking in tongues. Keep going with it. Practice it when you get home. Practice it next day. Practice it like a muscle. Keep going. You may only get two or three words to start with. But that's the way we learn language, isn't it? We learn one or two words. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And then we begin to put it on. So don't worry if it's just one or two words. So I just want to, if you like conclude today I'd like to pray if that's okay in a minute Um, but I just want to conclude to say just to encourage you speaking in tongues for some of you you're going to need to go back and do a bit of research on it encourage you to buy this book easily available updated on Amazon and different places and research into it for some of you I think you need to make you can make a breakthrough today it's amazing if you leave this place how many people will not come back to it even though they say they will and I want to encourage you to make a breakthrough today. If this is your first time, make a breakthrough. For those of us that do speak in tongues or have spoken in tongues, come on, people, let's keep going with it. Let's keep seeing those benefits. Let's use God's God-given immune system to bless us and for those around. Amen? Amen. Okay. Could 